Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Writers live twice. Writers live twice. I found that from a quotation by American author Natalie Goldberg, which simply said, writers live twice. And I thought it would be a nice idea to live twice. So I adopted it as the topic for my presentation. And as I meditated on it, I realized that really, writers live twice because they live in different countries. How many of you have read Chinua Achibe's Things Fall Apart? How many? There you go. Have you seen him before? And yet he writes a book in Nigeria. That book is read in several countries and translated into several languages. And that is what I mean by writers live twice. They live in different countries or different continents. But even more interesting, they live in different generations. And so today somebody is quoting William Shakespeare. There is no art that finds the mind's construction in the face. Meanwhile, Shakespeare wrote and died many years ago. But writers live twice because long after they are gone, their literary works outlive them and people quote them literally their lives on it as if they were alive. Why? Because writers live twice. And so, if writing is so beneficial, why do people not write? I'm going to give you 10 of the greatest excuses, barriers that prevent people from writing. I call them the 10 barriers to writing and my counter arguments. So that if somebody's still here explaining why you should not write a book, I have preempted your thoughts. And as I go through these excuses or explanations or barriers, you will find that some of them are familiar to you. And the first one is simple. I am too young or I am not accomplished enough. One of the biggest barriers people raise when you ask them to write is that they say, I am not old enough or I am not accomplished enough. I have not achieved enough. I googled the youngest authors of this world and I saw nine-year-olds. I saw the youngest best-selling author as of 2008, was 11 years old. Not just an author, a best-selling author. If an 11-year-old can write, what excuse do you have? In fact, I've tried to read the backgrounds of many of the world's biggest authors, and I found out that they were very ordinary people who felt very strongly about something. There was a generation of young authors coming up. There was a generation of people who don't wait until they are 70 before they write. In fact, in other jurisdictions, people write without apology. In our part of the world, previously, when you write and you are not that old, people wonder, why are you writing? But that is changing. Because you can never wait till you acquire all the experience in the world before you write. Write based on your mistakes. Write based on your lessons. Write based on your convictions, but write. And so the first barrier is age or accomplishment. And I challenge you and I say, you are never too young or too inexperienced to write. The second one is financial constraints. The argument is that I don't have money to publish it. And I agree with you. 
I believe you. But money should never be a barrier to your dreams. In fact, everything you want to do, you want to start a business, you don't have money. You want to marry a wife or a husband, you don't have money. You want to pursue a career, you don't have money. Everything you want to do in life, you will not have money for it in any case. But you need to overcome the obstacles to your dream. I read the profile of J.K. Rowling, who writes the Harry Potter series. I don't subscribe to those series, but the principle is this. Rowling was broke, divorced, struggling to feed or clothe her child as a single mother, severely depressed and living on welfare when she wrote her first book. And within five years, by dint of hard work and determination, she rose to become one of the richest women in the world, a billionaire. You may not have money today, but if that is your destiny and you pursue it, your gift will make room for you and bring you great reward. The third barrier to writing is procrastination. Those who say, I will write tomorrow. I think I have a number of them here. Please be honest. How many of you say that? I'll write tomorrow. There we go. It's one of the most convenient excuses. I know I will write, but tomorrow. You see, tomorrow never comes. (laughs) Tomorrow never comes. Writing is inspirational. You have no business delaying your writing. Because you tell yourself, tomorrow when I feel like it, I'll write. Sometimes you get an inspiration to write. And that is the most dangerous thing. Henry David Thoreau says, write whilst the heat is in you. So, a, a writer who postpones the communication of your thoughts is like a person who waits for the iron to cool down before you use it. When the iron is hot, that is when it's most effective. So, when you have a sharp thought, even if you don't have the luxury of time to write it down, get a recorder and record it. Speak into a voice recorder and record it. At least write the outline and put it somewhere because sometimes in those moments of inspiration, the idea will come and later when you think you are ready and it's more convenient, you've forgotten it. How many of you have had that kind of experience? There we go. So at the point of greatest inspiration, even if you don't have the time to script the whole thing, put down the outline, record something and keep it against tomorrow. The fourth one is identity. That is the argument of those who say, I don't see myself as an author. And you know my response? You don't have to be an author to be an author. Or let me make it easier for those who find it a a contradiction. You don't have to be an author to be a writer. The point is this. There are full-time authors. But there are professionals in other fields who also just want to write something. Let me tell you something. My, one of my mentors, James Abel White, says, everyone has at least one book in you. So even if you say, I will never write, you write that one book in you and then retire. I found that very interesting. Write the one book you have in you and retire. But by all means, write. Tell somebody by all means, write. You know, I'm giving you examples of authors and why your excuse does not hold. Because Zen Gray, who many of you will know as an author, began as a dentist. And he was told several times that he has no business as a writer. You know, very often, other people's opinion about you can be very wrong. 
because eventually Zane Grey wrote over 90 books and sold over 50 million copies worldwide. So imagine if he had listened to the opinion of others who said, you can never become a writer. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful whose opinion you allow to influence your future. Something that God may have given you that is pushing you towards the top may come up in a discussion with somebody who will tell you, listen, please don't waste your time. And if you dare make the mistake of letting someone else's opinion about you become your reality, you will abort your baby that God gave you. Don't throw away your seed. Don't throw away your future. If writing is your destiny, pursue it. Don't let anyone discourage you. The fifth barrier to writing is fear and uncertainty. You know, we are very apprehensive about the unfamiliar. I haven't done some before. What if something goes terribly wrong? In every venture that you undertake in life, something will go wrong, but you won't die. Something going wrong does not make you a failure. Everything that you try to do, something may go wrong. You may write a chapter and look at the thing and say, what nonsense is this? But it doesn't matter. Lawrence Block, another best-selling author, says, I give myself permission to write badly. I tell myself that I'm going to do my five or ten pages a day, no matter what happens, and that I can always tear them up the following morning if I want, and it's still better than taking the day off. (laughs) Simple. Let me write my five to ten pages a day. If I don't like it the next day, I will tear it up. And as Hemingway says in his conclusion to one of his books, he edited it 28 times. He'll write it, tear it, write it, tear it 28 times before he finally was satisfied and he published it. Chief, it doesn't matter. Something may go wrong, but write. By all means, write. The sixth excuse that I want to battle is the excuse of quality. Somebody says, my work may not be good enough. You know what? I agree with you. For something you have not done, you cannot be perfect the first time. And in any case, I have good news for you. Frank Peretti, who wrote This Present Darkness, one of the biggest Christian bestsellers of all time, was told several times, listen, this manuscript is rubbish. And he was sent away. It was his next manuscript that was accepted and they said, by the way, let's see that first one again. And that one ended up becoming a bestseller. And in case you still don't know Frank Peretti, Stephen King, whom I'm sure, and I'm sure a number of you will know, his first book was the most pop, one of the popular books, iconic books called Carrie. And before it was published, he received 30 rejections from publishers. 30. So publisher number one, publisher number two, Publisher number three, after 30 rejections, he himself got angry and he threw the book in the rubbish. Now, when his wife was cleaning the house, she found the book in the rubbish and she took it out of the rubbish and said, you know something, you try one last time. And he took it to the next publisher and as they say, the rest is history. If you think the quality of a writing is not good enough, still write. The seventh barrier I would like to confront it's content. Somebody says, but a book has 100 pages. What if I get stuck in the middle? What if I don't have enough to write a full book? 
My simple response is, why write a big book? Write a small one and grow your muscles. You don't start playing football in Champions League. <laughs> start on the small stage. Sakasaka Park or Gata to Gata. Build your muscles on the small stage. If you think that your content is not enough, listen. Nobody or very few people start a building knowing where they will get everything. Some will just lay the foundation and, and as I say, they will chalk. And then they master resources again and then they do their thing up to lintel and then they hack again. So, start from somewhere. Build your muscle. You may not have all it takes to finish your building, but keep discovering as you go that there are other angles, there are other dimensions, there are other aspects you can bring. God Vidal says, in writing and politicking, it is best not to think about it, just do it. If you think about what do I need to become an author, all the things you need, you will never start. Start and don't finish and still do that. At least you tried. So content should not be a barrier to your writing. The eighth barrier I would like to address is the barrier of choice. Some people say, so which of the many things I'm thinking about should I write? Some say, I want to write a book on on health. I want to write a book about relationships. I want to write another one also about education. There are several things in my head. Fantastic. Which one should you write on? (laughs) George Orwell, who many of you know from Animal Farm, says, when I sit down to write a book, I don't say to myself, I'm going to produce a work of art. I write because there is some lie I want to expose, some facts to which I want to draw attention, and my initial concern is simply to get a hearing. Don't think of which one will sell more. Just think of what is it that you feel so strongly that people should hear about. Just think about what you want to get a hearing on, what you really feel you would like people to hear. You see, if you're not passionate about something, you can't write about it and succeed. It must be something that keeps you awake at night, something you feel strongly about. And I want to just challenge somebody. Why am I doing all this? Because Africa has a message the world must hear. I feel very strongly when I go into Barnes and Noble, I go on Amazing and I see Obama's driver has written a book. Tony Bless Cook has written a book. The person who was at the museum when Abraham Lincoln came there has written a book. Just because the person saw Lincoln, he's written a book. Every excuse they get, they write a book. And yet you have accomplished lawyers, accomplished finance ministers, accomplished MPs in Ghana, accomplished presidents, and they live and die without writing a paragraph. God forgive us. It's a crusade. It's a mission. No CEO must die without writing. No head of an organization must die without writing. No editor. No. We must leave a legacy. If not, our children will continue reading what the white man has written and what foreigners have written and they will believe that we have no message. We have a message, we have principles, we have ideals and we would announce them and export them for the world to also read what we have to say. That's the message. The ninth barrier we want to deal with is the barrier of discipline. It's the biggest battle you must fight. You see, I can't sit for hours and write. You will learn it. If you want to build discipline, simple. Grow your writing capacity in phases. 
Start from somewhere. Write one paragraph a day and put it on your Facebook page. You will build a readership. You will build a group of friends who like what you do. Not every writer must start with a full chapter. Start a blog and just put one sentence a day there. It's a beginning. Put it on your Facebook wall. Grow your online readership. And as you build your muscles, you can then begin to write an article in a newspaper and then from then onwards, begin to see about publishing something. Larry King says something. He says, write, rewrite, and when not writing or rewriting, read. I know of no shortcuts. And that speaks to those who don't read anybody's work and yet you want to write. I don't know the miracle by which you can do it. If you are not a reader, you can't be a writer. Simple. You got to read. Even if you are an authority in your field, you need to read on average sometimes about 30 different people's opinion to build muscle and then you write yours so that you can have width. So form that discipline of spending time reading what others have written and then growing your writing in faces. The final thing, the final barrier, the 10th one is the one that people ask as if to be sure before they start. They say, readership, who will buy my book? I don't think I'm popular enough. I'm not too sure if I, I write, people will buy it. Now, if nobody knows you, number one, write about the familiar. If you give me a, a chance to write a book about astrophysics and so on, why, why should I waste my time? I'm not an authority there. I don't know. I can't even read a hundred books on it. I just don't have capacity to attempt anything in that area. Not every topic is writable by you. Let others who have that capacity write on that topic. So stay with something that is familiar to you. Write about the familiar. Make it interesting and then start by selling it to the familiar, your friends, your church mates, your colleagues. Those who know you are more likely to patronize your work first. And then as you build success from there, then you reach out to the whole world. So start from the familiar topic and start with the familiar audience. When that works, then you build on that and you reach the world. And I must say that in promoting your book, one of the most notable forces you can't afford to ignore is new media, social media. Let me leave you with 12 compelling reasons why people write. And you may find yourself in one of these. And none of them is wrong in any case. People write for different reasons. But I want to give you 12 reasons, 12 of the most famous reasons why people write. And I'm sure you will find yourself in one of them. Number one is to simply share a story or historical record. I spoke to a woman who says, I am the last of my generation and many of the youth don't know the history of our hometown. They assume what they know is true, but there is a part of our history that seems to be missing. And I don't want to die and take it away, so I want to document it for posterity. That was her reason. That's all. To share a story or a historical record. Those who write biographies, that's the reason why they write. To leave a legacy of their lives, their mistakes, the opportunities, what made them who they are, and what lessons they've learned. The second reason why people write is to help others overcome an obstacle. I think of Farid Abedwe's book and it brings me a lot of encouragement because if anyone has cerebral palsy, 
reading that book will give you hope that you can make it big and become an IT engineer, live out your dream in spite of any physical limitation you might have. And that's a very fantastic book. I highly recommend. The third one is about a hobby or a personal passion. I read a book like maybe Ben Coffey's book or Salastete's book. And, you know, they love coaching. So they write about a passion so that others who may also be interested in coaching can read about it and know the secrets of coaching. Ben Kofi says some of the root secrets of coaching are becoming missing in our fast-track world. And therefore, he wants to leave his writings as a legacy for people to know the secrets of coaching. The fourth reason why people write is to enhance their professional career. In fact, in, in academia, the more you write, the brighter your chance of becoming a professor. And so some people write to add to their list of publications and increase their chances in the area or the professional area in which to operate. If you are a consultant, for instance, if you are an author and a consultant, it helps. So whatever you do, if you're a public speaker and you're a writer, it helps. So some writing is done to enhance your professional career. The fifth compelling reason why you should consider writing is to demystify a specialized topic. When I read Deep Down in My Heart by Professor Frimpong Boatin, I understood a bit of the dynamics of heart surgery and the kind of things that go on in the mind of a heart surgeon. If there is a topic that or a subject that people don't understand very well, but you are an authority in, you write to demystify it for the benefit of the public. The sixth reason why you may want to write is just to share your personal thoughts and philosophy. You see, these days, people are becoming too insincere, and I feel strongly about it. Or people are taking too many shortcuts. I want people to follow the principle. Or there is too much domestic abuse going on, and I want to speak to couples about that. Or hey, you feel strongly about a particular issue. Maybe you are a pastor, or you are into advocacy and you feel an issue requires attention and you think about it night and day. Stop thinking right and let many more people across the continents of this world hear your opinion. The seventh reason why you must consider writing is just for the love of writing. There are people who write and they don't even bother to publish. You say, I've written it, I'm happy. Just to write. Some people just love it. They feel fulfilled when they write. The fact that you don't like it, does not bother them. They don't think about readership. They just want to write. The love of writing. The eighth reason why people write, I don't subscribe to it in its entirety because it's, it, it should be a, a byproduct rather than the main reason, and that is financial or commercial considerations. You see, if you write for financial reasons only, you will fail. Financial success is an offshoot of writing. It is not the principal reason why you write. But I can tell you this. If you write and you are good, it will bring you financial success. But that's not the real reason why you write. The ninth attraction for some people is fame and popularity. Let's face it. I have gone to places in this world as an author that I have not gone as a business leader. And sometimes it's a bit annoying. But it's true. I mean, you've been invited to speak in different continents, in different places, not because you are the CEO of your company, but because you've written books. And so, it will make you known, it will take you to places that 
you otherwise wouldn't have gone. And if that's a motivation for you, then write. The tenth reason why you must consider writing is to reach a global circle of friends. I was working in Germany in a very, it's not a very um, notable city, a small town called Mulheim and Dira. And I assumed that nobody there would know me. So I was in my shorts walking on the street when I saw this Nigerian guy. The moment he saw me, he wanted to do the original, is it the evil greeting, the one that they lie on the floor? I said, hey, my brother, I beg. <laughs> Where I come from, this could mean something else. But he wanted to lie on the floor. He was so happy. Why? Because he has read something I've written. And he said, just that morning, he was looking through the book and he can't believe his good luck. I mean, you create a global circle of friends. People who just appreciate you for what you've written and how it has influenced their lives. The last but one or the 11th reason why people write and why I think it would be good to write is that it gives you a feeling of accomplishment. You feel good when they call you author. It feels nice. But beyond that feeling of being, that nice feeling, it is also a certain feeling that, listen, you have contributed to the body of knowledge in your time and beyond and it's a good feeling and that is why you must write but the final reason and the most compelling reason the reason why I do what I do the reason why I am trusting God to do over a hundred books and leave a legacy that hundred years after I have gone will be quoted by other people is simple the most important reason why you must write is to solve problems, help others, and leave a legacy. Many people quote William Shakespeare today. Was he tall? Was he short? I read his biography and there were people were writing all kinds of things about him, about his marriage, his personal life, his choices, criticizing them. But you know, when you read his books, you don't think about those things. You think about the legacy of literary knowledge he has bequeathed to humanity. A hundred years after you have gone, if you want to be remembered as having made an impact in your lifetime, one of the surest things you can do is to write. I don't know what you want to do five years from now, ten years from now, but I came with one simple message right before you die. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Searching, searching. The, light the light has come, has come.